Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome back, my friends. Today we have with us Yev Marosenko. He's PhD and the founder of Zon Tracker. Yev, what's going on? Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Really excited to, to talk about a little bit of Amazon, Facebook ads, external marketing, ranking a, a little bit of that. That's perfect. So we, we talk a lot about Amazon and not enough about external traffic in Amazon or from Facebook to Amazon. So this is going to be perfect for a lot of the audience. So let's start with, from the beginning, let's start from the beginning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, How did you get into marketing? Yeah. I- so while I was doing all of my schooling, way too much schooling, my, um, my dad and my oldest brother had a, a business, a carpet cleaning business. So just like a local service in Phoenix area, and just cleaning carpets. And I would help a little bit with Google, you know, just like running some Google ads for it. my carpet clean, very basic. And I, I didn't know anything. I would just like set up keywords and let it run and give Google. And that's as far as that was. So that was happening for a few years, but I was focused on my schooling. Uh, that was for over 10 years. I was doing acad- academia science for way too long. And it was like a early midlife crisis of just trying to get out of academia and then just got into business. Like as soon as made this like mental shift, we're like, all right, I'm like, I'm done. I'm quitting academia. But there was after like years of thinking about it. And like that first week, I thought about the Amazon world where, you know, like you can actually have your own brand. So I kind of like got into that. And this was around five years ago where I found out about it. And and uh, that, that's kind of like the, the beginning part of it. Nice. So around 2015 or so, you did marketing for um, PL for a private label company. Is that correct? Uh, so I, I tried to start my own brand. Like as soon as I found out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm, regi- I'm going online, registering a business license. I took action right away. And that was for about like six months. But I didn't know, I, like the timing was perfect. Like 2015, that was great. But I didn't know what I was doing. And I had about like six months be- before we had a, a baby on the way and then my wife was like all right like you're you're like selling units per day that's like what i kind of figured out um, just like with random products but it wasn't enough i ended up getting a job for a marketing agency and then they led from there working with clients and then getting more into other amazon brands so then thinking about scaling marketing for other brands and that's where my academic background started helping with uh, with uh, an analysis and kind of like integrating different perspectives. And then that led into like the software world where I thought about there's so many brands out there, so many ways to optimize marketing and ways of connecting external marketing with Amazon. And then it, it turned into software, but basically being at a, a marketing agency of trying like a very small agency where like I was actually like the, the first hire, we were just uh, trying to run ads and do like website optimization uh, for brands in Seattle area. And you know, it's incredible that you just mentioned the software, which we're going to touch on. But for the longest time, years ago, some of the few tools that existed all did the same thing. They were automatically automatic email senders, right? Like Feedback Genius, Feedback Whiz, and amazing tools, by the way. But they were at that time very limited. And then uh, other players start coming in. And now we see a ton of software out there. Most of them have a bunch of tools that do cool stuff. Others just one tool. But if you look at them, all do pretty much the same functions, right? Just in different different dashboards, but you can get you can get any tool almost. But you came up with some tools that, from what I know, they're different than anybody else. You don't have the same thing. They're completely different. And you're trying to get external traffic, which is one of my passions. So... I guess let's start with the name of them. And it's, it's two of them, two tools that you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Before getting to the tool, just a little bit on that. And I feel like this is very important in marketing right now, and especially for Amazon brands, is yeah. a part of uh, the innovation or putting the cutting ed- pushing the cutting edge and how much do you do something that everybody else is doing that may have a level of success, but at what point does that stop and you need to start testing different things? So I know for me, it's because of my background that was like, and, and a lot of, Amazon sellers, I know they have some sort of career shift or they think different. So I think people can relate to that. And for me, it was being in science and taking something from that like scientific experience where we all have to like ask questions in a different way and try to connect different ideas. So I was always connecting different ideas. And I think that allowed me to like, everything that I've been doing in business is marketing is how can I take one thing and connect it with something else? So uh, before that, I was in science, how I was solving different scientific 
uh, kind of like um, different ecological uh, problems that were happening. That was my uh, research. So now it's what can, how can you connect Facebook with Amazon? So you're connecting these different ideas. So then when I got into the software, it was basically all right. Like what's like what's out there that I see like brands are doing, and I kind of like fell into it where it was our own problem we were having, where it was a brand that's like a popular brand, or it was like a growing brand, and didn't want to rely on just one channel. And we were had a uh, successful crowdfunding campaign, and we were in retail stores, we were on Amazon, trying to build our own audience and kind of like diversify what a lot of brands are doing now. And the idea was all right, how can we control our own audience? And it has to do with traffic and Facebook ads. So it was an internal problem we had. And then I realized that uh, I was basically like managing the ads every day, all day. Like I was an ad manager and knowing that I'm right, running these ads and we were seeing spikes in sales in Amazon. But like, how can we track that? How can we scale that? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then and try to automate that in different ways. So that's um, the first software. Um, so that's Zon Tracker. It's all related to attribution and how can you know even better of like what your external marketing is doing. And so Zon Tracker is the one that's going to give us the attribution because uh, until recently there there is no attribution uh, i mean years ago we could still run facebook campaigns to our amazon products and then there was a lot of guessing if it was working or not due to volumes and uh and uh visualization visualizations but there was other tricks that we could use and it was creating affiliate links to our own products and then running ad to those affiliate links and there was a bunch of trouble and at the same time it was not really according to TOS to run ads to your own affiliate links. So nowadays, there's actually something called Amazon Attribution. So we can see everything. If I have Zon Tracker, tell me exactly how it works. Can I see everything? Where, who my audience is, where they're coming from, almost like a pixel? Yeah, sort of. Um, so still, like the attribution is not perfect, but the idea is that that uh, Zon Tracker it's acting as this data warehouse where it's collecting all kinds of data that the seller has so uh, you can get, and this is where each seller has a different level of how they're getting data and like what Amazon allows or not so then you have to start thinking all right what do you do and what are you not allowed to do then like that mm -hmm. question becomes common but basically it's like a data warehouse that it collects whatever data you want to integrate into it um, we can talk about that like what sources of data it sends it all back to Facebook so you're running an ad and then somebody purchases and you have to know uh, like who purchased or like what ads led to the purchase. So you can do the Facebook best practices, turn off the ads that aren't working, scale the budget, increase budget on the ads that are working. So at some point you have to get that back, uh, back in Facebook. Uh, so the idea is you're collecting this data from different sources and then you see, you see a column with ads on sales and you see exactly which ad led to the sale. And this is where the Facebook API comes in, kind of like getting like very technical engineering heavy that Facebook is so smart, it's able to attribute exactly who saw that ad. And then when you send data back to it, knowing a purchase happened, um, ideally you have your own website with a Facebook pixel and Facebook knows. So that data is sent back right away, right? Yeah. You can't put the Facebook pixel on Amazon. So then we're like doing all these workarounds where we're collecting data from different sources. It's sent back to Facebook. It's like matched different ways. And then uh, you see that purchase data. And then you can get like really advanced on optimizing that. Data. You're actually choosing a conversion event in Facebook, like you say, yeah. on purchase is the goal of like optimize more for that. So uh, then you can get a lot of like targeting stuff. This is where Amazon is like, oh, what are you doing? Like, are you contacting Amazon customers outside of Amazon? And it gets into, uh, I think each seller decides for themselves, like is that black hat, gray hat, white hat? Am I just improving the customer support for audience? Like you could do like certain things like that, but this is where Amazon is uh, like, I think that's why they did a lot of API restrictions last year because to like minimize brands communicating with customers yeah. outside of Amazon. So there's like different levels of functionality that has uh, different than attribution. Attribution is at the aggregate level across every that saw the ad. Like you don't see exactly the purchase. You just see like number one appeared where like here's your ad, your thousand dollars spent. Then you see there's like a hundred purchases um, or whatever the number is. So you kind of see that at the aggregate level. So you're saying that I'll be able to see. Um, I, run, I run my Facebook ad and then I'll be able to see what the conversion rate is, uh, number of impressions, and do I get to see who the audience is? Basically, what do I get from that? Uh, was it male around 30s? Do I get that kind of in-depth? So uh, the answer is mostly no to everything you said. A year mm -hmm. ago, yes. And that's when even, um, not even Amazon-based, like even Facebook would show you a lot more insights on the audiences. 
and then for all kinds of privacy data reasons, like even Facebook isn't showing that. Um, so the only thing that's a yes to what you were saying is you see what ad led to the purchase. So like you have whether it's three ad or 500 ads, if you're just like running so many different ads, know exactly which one led to how many purchases. So that's pretty much as far as anything audience related. You never have information about who it is, um, which know data about your audience from from other search or knowing your brand. So uh, because as soon as you if you're able to do that more in Facebook, then Amazon would be even more against. Like um, I think Amazon would then start forcing like brands like not to do that if if Facebook kept that functionality where you could look at some of those insights based on your audience. You could do all kinds of things where you're like funneling the audience into like types of engagement like with your Facebook assets like your page or like your website and and you're looking at uh, and like customer sites like or audience sites like more information about your audience or what they like like you could do that but that's like just a different phase of um, who the audience is you don't know like exactly somebody purchased and it's just one person it's you have Marusenko that lives in Seattle like that uh, so like so you can't do that there, there, there are however workarounds that are actually not against Amazon TOS that are kind of like, I don't know if you call them like loopholes, but it's it's when you're deciding on who controls the audience. So if somebody buys on Amazon and you're pulling data from Amazon in different ways, uh, like whatever you can, like uh, just whoever you're getting that data, is that Amazon is going to say like, that's our audience. And Amazon seller then decides, all right, I'm not going to go against data protection policies. I'm not going to do anything outside of Amazon with that audience. And some sellers might be like, I have to improve customer support. I bend the rules. Even Amazon may say it's breaking the rules. I'm going to bend it so I can customer support, um, leveraging Facebook ads or whatever. Or I'm going to send more customers to Amazon, like leveraging that data. So a lot of Amazon sellers can convince, convince themselves that like it's okay to do that, and a lot of a lot of brands do that. But if you're running certain things like um, like ManyChat and you're collecting information, or through landing pages, or like through your own website, you're collecting information from a from an Amazon customer, but you bring that customer like totally cold traffic from Facebook, uh, you, and then you're asking them information about they buy on Amazon. What's information about the order? Like you're asking them that, but it, you have more control of that audience uh, because you didn't pull them in from Amazon. And I don't think Amazon has much say that like it's it's their audience because you pull that information from Amazon out to your ecosystem instead. You person, you send them to Amazon to purchase and still like originated from you as opposed to the other way so then you could find out about like did they purchase on amazon or not and i think right now like unless amazon starts pushing in that direction and trying to enforce that saying that all right an amazon seller is going against all kinds of like tos or protections of doing that but they haven't done anything like that in terms of uh, like exactly what you're doing i'm um, doing there if you're asking for positive reviews only and it's like pull, pull amazon asking positive reviews and then some amazon is going to be like all right rising reviews so, so like, don't, don't be like spammy strategies, marketing strategies. But um, so there's all kinds of like lines of what's allowed or not, and then what's like the quality of data and what's more effective. All right, I think we had a little bit of a, a slow connection there for for a second, but uh, I, I saw, saw that at the end there. Yeah, well, uh, well, we'll keep on trying like that. All right, so tell me something. When you're getting that external traffic from Facebook, from from Google, are are you sending them? Uh, cold traffic directly to Amazon? Are you going to warm them up and maybe try to get them into your list first? Or is this traffic going straight to Amazon directly to your listing? And if it goes to your listing, does it go with a, a super URL, supreme URL? This is where, at least from my perspective, because I see very uh, like wide breadth of types of Amazon sellers on the scenarios that I see. It's actually... Uh, it's not biased how sometimes we see in like in Facebook groups or on like YouTube channels where there's like only certain types of strategies talked about. So for, for me, I see um, much more diversity of strategies being used. So combination of what you said and even more. So what I mean by that is every Amazon seller should know of like what category fit in. Um, not product category, but is their goal of today a smaller seller focused on Amazon? They want to get Amazon or even thinking about like scaling their own website. In a lot of those cases, where sellers to send traffic to Amazon right away, but that's the hardest thing to do. That's where conversion rate is really, really low. You need a lot of testing. You need to spend like thousands of dollars on Facebook ads on creatives and testing before 
you even increase the chance of convert rate being higher from a social platform uh, to Amazon. And there's a lot of brands that are on the opposite end where all it focuses on is scale sales on their own website. So they fully leveraging Facebook Pixel, the Facebook traffic goes to their store, and then there's spillover sales, which is like 10 or 12%, just average brands that are then going to Amazon and buying anyway after they see the ad that's going to your website. This is like, this is Amazon sellers that are totally focused on their branding, their own website, their own audience building. And it's kind of like a bonus, like, oh, there's actually Amazon just is happening as well. So let me keep track of that and know that I can put more money into my Facebook ads because those spillover sales are happening. So those are like the two extreme ends. And then in the middle is where, uh, where you're basically extending the customer journey for that first scenario where instead of traffic to Amazon, which is the hardest scenario, um, unless it's a very hot audience, it's like very warm audience or they know your brand. If you send them to Amazon, they're more likely to purchase. But if it's a cold audience, those conversion rates are just terrible. They're under 0.1%. It's just like very bad. So you need to extend that customer journey, whether it's through a, um, a chatbot flow or some sort of content or email marketing on, on your own platform and then send them to Amazon after you um, have some of that uh, more touch point. So that's, that's how you increase conversion rates. Uh, so that's where, depending on what you're doing, is going to be low or high uh, conversion rates. And then if you're having like offer discounts or, or rebates, uh, conversion will be higher, but your audience is going to be, uh, the quality is going to be lower because they're, uh, uh, they're price shopping or they're a product for free. So it may not be good sustainably like for long term of your brand. And then Amazon may see that data where it's uh, that buyer is just lower quality because of of shopper it is. So then depending on what strategy you're doing there, you have to keep in mind, is it a low quality or a high quality buyer of the data that Amazon sees? Um, so then you have to mix, you have to like mix up those strategies, like depending on what your brand is. So uh, we can talk about that next, but that's kind of like where there's the breadth and each one has very specific conversion rates you're most likely going to get. And then the chance of success, meaning like what conversion rates are you going to get and quality of audience is it? So until, until we were able to measure that, uh, there were things that we would do, and for example, um, there's uh, a lot of people, and they, anybody can say whatever they want these days, but there's people out there saying that if you get external traffic and send it to Amazon, the conversion is going to be a lot lower than the traffic that you get from Amazon PPC, so you're actually going to be hurting yourself. And the truth is, if you send them directly to your listing without a super URL, it can't hurt right? It can't hurt because Amazon loves external traffic. Uh, now, if you send them to, if the customer doesn't perform a search, right? Or, or sorry, if the customer performs a search and doesn't convert, in that case, I'm thinking that's the one that can hurt. If I send them to a supreme URL and they land on my page and they automatically, the search bar is filled with, uh, you know, a Bluetooth speaker and they don't buy mine. Now that could hurt me. But if they're just landing on my listing without a search performed, is that going to hurt me? So this is where Amazon is so smart. And, and over time, they get smarter and smarter. And in, even in the scenarios you described, you could always find exceptions where the opposite pattern works. And like, like why is that? Is it because an Amazon is doing so well in some other marketing strategy? So then Amazon... Like whatever this spike of data is, Amazon sees it as a good or bad thing, which is more of like an algorithm that this scenario has. So then we're going to uh, look at another scenario in a different way, depending on what happened. It's just like there's so much data that Amazon has. So um, in your specific example with traffic coming in, uh, well, then it depends what percentage of that data is relative to all other data that brand is producing. Meaning that if uh, Amazon sees that there's just a, uh, thousands of website visitors or tens of thousands of website visitors and sales coming in single source nothing else is happening for the brand it's going to trigger something in amazon data where just something is statistically significant where that data source is different than another data source in amount of traffic that it produces so uh, for something to be natural uh, like let's say an example where like some influencer mentions a product somewhere now what's going to happen is that uh, there will be some traffic coming in really so an influencer like shows a, a URL or like or just a link or even talks about it. Now it's going to be an influx of sales, but it's going to be diversified. Some people are going to Google it. Some are going to share it to 
Twitter or to Facebook to other channels, it's all going to come from different places. So in terms of conversion rate getting hurt or not from outside internal traffic, it depends on the other things that are happening. If it's going to be some uh, like very strong signal that's very biased in a way that's un unnatural, then Amazon is going to know that and they may like, either derank you or they're going to look at your following traffic to see is it was that a normal experience or not or even that error that variability is it something that's normal because even some big brands might have some spike of sales from uh, some local retail event or something that's happening and that's actually normal to have the spikes but then if it's constant spikes if like some amazon sellers are trying to take advantage of a strategy then uh, amazon is going to like notice um those spikes so in terms of conversion rate, there's going to be other things that happen, right? um, like you said, where all right, you send traffic to your, let's say, directly to your listing, and some people will buy, like some people will go into other parts of Amazon, and that's going to create this ripple effects of data that's coming in. So, uh, like like you said at the beginning, external traffic for Amazon, right? Like yes, of course. Um, like unless that traffic is doing something that's, um, that's unnatural, that now Amazon is smart enough. Like over the past couple of years, like they're getting smarter, but do they implement it or not? So that, that's why now we see a lot more like, case studies in fake groups and, and, and communication where people are like, all right, I did the same thing that someone else did, and it actually hurt my keyword rank and someone else had helped. Well, uh, like, like, what were the regional effects? Was it mobile? Was it desktop? Was it because that spike was unnatural? Like, uh, did you add was like, the audience too? Yeah, like, did you add Google and Pinterest and Facebook traffic in that spike directly to the listing, or was it unnatural that it was just some many chat, um, like, URL and that's it. So I, so that's where like that diversification is becoming more important now. So you have, uh, here's something that I probably never told anybody on the podcast. I can't remember if I did, but 14 years ago, I was banned from Google. Uh, I am not anymore, but I, mean, <laughs> I was young and I did, of course, some crazy things. Most people 14 years ago didn't even have an online business. But what I did was I, w I was doing blogs and I would get AdSense into my blogs. And then I created a traffic bot. And this traffic bot, all with different IPs and with different um, uh, sources, right? So the source could be any any other site. And this traffic would come all to my site and they would all click on my ads. So basically, it was click fraud. That's <laughs> in, the, in easy terms, that's what it was. Um, I mean, I, I was a different person, so it doesn't matter, but yeah, that was 14 years ago, and Google banned me because they caught me uh, pretty much one in one day after my bot was launched. They caught me. Uh -huh. Now, the thing is, if I had pursued that and then over the last 14 years developed that bot or other people that have done so with, you know, like diabolic, uh, diabolic traffic bots, um, they can create different sources and generate fake traffic to the listing, right? Um, I know... Like you said, uh, not Walmart, but um, Amazon. Amazon is very smart and getting smarter, and they're one of the biggest e-commerce platforms on earth. So, of course, they're going to have every kind of technology. But if undetected, would, do you think that would work? Just fake traffic sources? No, I'm not saying yeah. for people to do it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, I would say, like, of course, it would work, but then it's too, and then is it scalable or not? Because there's there's like these micro effects, like anything you do in terms of sending traffic to Amazon, that like maybe real or maybe not. Um, so let's say it's some scenario where it's like some bots or there's like four, just like something is like forced traffic into there. Like it's still gonna have a real effect. What's happening within Amazon, right? Like something is happening, whether it's interaction with the website or um some sort of action. But at what point does that be a stronger signal than the rest of the for like for for that product or that brand that traffic source. And then Amazon will easily know that even if it's coming from some traffic source that's like stimulated, Amazon is going to know that that Facebook source typically produces certain behavior or purchase uh, on Amazon or certain like lifetime value of that traffic source. So that so there's going to be signals from that traffic source. Or that are associated with a brand. Let's say they all to like a certain part being bought for a brand, or even like added to or whatever for a brand. It's like that data source. How does that compare to everything happening to that brand? Meaning that are they running real PPC and getting sales? So it's kind of like diversified data. Or like if that spike bot traffic is like a high percentage of the rest, 
to Amazon is just a very simple calculation in their algorithm that is like, oh, this percentage is higher than what we're expecting, even though, uh, like, for some brands, we, like, we may see that, but then it, like, it uh, normalizes down, but we're still seeing that. So it's like, let's, uh, like, algorithm there, and it's all automated, not like there's somebody looking at all of this data. Uh, there's ways where like you could do something like that, but is it going to be a short effect? Is it going to be uh, like you're able to scale it, meaning for for like hundreds or thousands of units being purchased per day, and then doing that repeatedly over time? Um, so there's a lot of things like that where uh, you could try to be uh, kind of like your example with like Google and trying uh, like manipulate something for some ranking effect. Uh, so I think there's ways, and this is more of like a solution. You can try to think of kind of like bridging the two of having like a, uh, whether you want to call it like a real brand or controlling your audience or something that's like more authentic or you have like something versus being like very growth hacky. Like you can still do that, but leverage your own audience or Facebook ads in a way, in some sort of like, uh, not necessarily like, like bots automating some, but adding in some sort of automation for like your real audience or whether it's your email marketing or traffic to be repurposed in some way that's like real. You know, it's like, um, doing some sort of um, egg hunt in your cat flow or email marketing where you're having people like take more steps uh, for like whether it's high quality customers. Uh, so it's like you can like do some of these things that are going to have that effect, kind of that that spiking effect where like, oh, like I found a new URL, like some secret URL. <laughs> so it's going to be like it's going to be working to a certain degree. Well, like it has to be diversified in other strategies for it to like not be noticeable Amazon. Gotcha. So how do we get from from all of that into AMZ Jet? What is AMZ Jet? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so first, it's the uh, my other second stop that's for measuring geo rank. How does rank uh, vary regionally? And then some other metrics that are regional uh, based, meaning that your rank, uh, if you're looking at, you type in a word, um, dog food, and then you see the, the products that may have on Amazon that position one, two, three, four, five, that it actually varies across depending where, uh, depending the region where you're searching from. So uh, regions like um, US states. So what, everything we're talking about earlier is about behavior and algorithm. So it made me realize that um, even like, I'm sure like from Google, like you know this, or from just generally big websites that optimize uh, like conversion rates, like that content the website has to be very custom to the person visiting the site. So if it's someone that has certain behaviors or from certain reasons, different like psychological factors of someone clicking some, taking certain action. So it just made me realize like Amazon has to be optimizing their site kind of like at that micro second scale to deliver content or product results that are very specific to the user. And just kind of talking with brands, I know there are brands where uh, like having their team members check in other states are like, all right, what search result are in? Or um, like doing VPN, trying to like simulate, like um, simulate where you're searching from. So there was like a real case use for it, and then it made me realize like Amazon at some point has to increase conversion rates on their site. Uh, like they've already been doing that, and even in the future, Amazon has to get more lifetime value for their customers, right? Higher average order value. One way of doing that is very specific customization of content. So it's like delivery of what people sees on the website. Uh, so that basically, I, like discover that Amazon has all kinds of tech and tools already on their website. That's like geolocation based. And then if you look at Amazon is hiring, actually like the headquarters hiring, it's like these positions that are that are like interesting, you know, algorithm data and kind of like regional based uh, like technology. So it's kind of like foreshadowing that, all right, like regions are important. And uh, so, so the first step was very easy. It's like, well, let's track rank region, make it very simple where you put your keyword, your ASIN, and then you could see how your states vary. And that was the first aha moment. It's like, oh my gosh, like, the rank actually varies quite across states. And not just like one or two positions, like you may be number one in California and you're like number 20 in um, some other state. So then it led to other questions. What does inventory have to do with? Can you try to, uh, what's a good word, manipulate it with marketing? Or can you try to influence that rank? And then that led to other features and I'm trying to understand this geo rank even better. So that's amazing, amazing and fantastic that you brought that up. I, I really love that. For one, because now we know, uh, if we know our position in, for example, California, that we are number one in California, that means we are super relevant in California. So we can actually run our Facebook ads to target uh, people in California, right? And uh, another thing that uh, makes perfect sense is we, we used to have 
outside of Amazon, of course, on our own sites, some geo, geo pages. And I'm, I'm not even sure if that is a correct term. That's something we used to call them. And we would make geo pages uh, per state or per city sometimes. So, for example, if you are in Florida and you would land on my site, you could see a page that nobody else sees, right? And, for example, uh, I mean, uh, years ago I had a site and it was um, it was directed to the Portuguese market and every single city had their own. And we could even have uh, something related to their soccer club, right? It was a football a soccer club on that page because that particular city, we know that their team, uh, everybody was, um, uh, I don't know, to say the yellow team. And that week they had won three to one uh, versus somebody else, right? And we put there congratulating them. So that makes it super unique. And uh, I mean, ju just to, 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 to prove your point that we would take advantage of that even before there was uh, this type of technology it was actually pretty simple. It didn't require too much technology. But if you know where the sales are coming from and do you know what position we are for each keyword? Can I say Bluetooth speaker? Will I be able to see that I'm number one in, in Florida, but uh, number 20 in Hawaii? Yeah. Any like, keyword for, for your competitors that's not connected to an Amazon account or like access account in any way is just, uh, it's just uh, kind of like simulating search from any of those regions for whatever keyword in, and then see that keyword rank. And then you see it over time as well. So this is the interesting part. At some point, uh, you start, um, as you're measuring over time, you actually start seeing variability in the data. And what I mean by that is some regions are more um, volatile than others, I mean there's like more fluctuations or some brands and keywords are more volatile. It's a little bit um, less in my expertise, kind of like product keyword research, just because I'm not on that side, I'm more on the marketing side. So it's something very interesting, but that uh, uh, that certain products, certain keywords have much more fluctuation in rank across regions. So as a, as a brand, when you're just right, like, what keyword do I after or, or what product do I want to start sourcing, you have to figure out what strategy are you more comfortable with, the high volatility or volatility. So some people, uh, this may be analogous to like, all right, do I go after long tail keywords or do I go after, you know, the, like the high volume keywords that are going to be harder to rank. But once I do, I'm, I'm in there, right? Like, cause you, it's like volume um, or the long tail where like, it's maybe easier to rank, but someone you easy because it's much lower volume. So the same thing with regions across the U S like if you think you're like ranked like somewhere, you're actually probably ranked number five in the and then number six in a few states, number seven, number 10, number 20 in a bunch of states. So you have to go, so then you have to just think what the, the volatility of meaning like the variability of that range because some brands, they're like ranked like number one and number two, like across like all of eight for a popular keyword uh, and they're listed number one. While another scenario, you look at a competitor, like they're number one. So their average rank is one, but they're, Fluctuation is actually they're all over the place. A bunch of times they're like barely ranked in the top. They just happen to have the better average than everyone else. So that's why an average is of number one. So this is gonna tell you like, do you need to be more aggressive or less aggressive? Like, are you like how close are you? Like, if you're not five spot to get the top three, are you like really far or are you really close? Even though you're still ranked number five. So seeing that variability of regions is gonna give you that insight on like like what's your true rank as opposed to kind of like the average rank or kind of like the swim rank um, across areas. So I also heard that you can see uh, on, I, I believe it's AMZ Jet, I can see how much of my inventory is stored in each different location. Uh, if, if that is true, now I know that, for example, if uh, California is the, the best seller or the best location to sell a, a certain SKU, and it's running low. If I send in my inventory, Amazon's going to prioritize them with my inventory, or do I get them to send direct to where I want? Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, you can see like inventory at the individual warehouse level. So it's just a map of US, and you know how much inventory is where. Uh, so then, so then the next part is um, like like what does that mean, and then how, how can we control that or not? And from that, we basically found out that the more inventory you have the more sales you're going to get because like if uh, because are, are you in 
20 different warehouses or 75 or 100. So the more warehouses you're in, the closer you are to more customer areas. Uh, so that's kind of like the first part. But then what's the answer to that? Send more inventory? <laughs> that gets expensive, right? It's one of the biggest problems to sellers of just sending more inventory. Uh, but it's going to make you start thinking more about, well, like the more inventory you have, the more places you're going to be. But seeing this map, gonna, there's going to be two parts. Um, one, because like, well, the tool is like relatively new. So like one thing we haven't done is we want to show actual metrics on how strongly it correlates with sales. So you, so you know exactly where some products have stronger correlations with sales than other products, like depending like how much inventory and, and where, and, um, and also some keywords that are associated to certain products or brands have a stronger relationship like with that inventory effect than others. So it's kind of like things where we're going to like make those metrics um, easily available. Uh, but the second part is like where you're doing the marketing. If you're, if, you're have, if you're running external traffic ads, whether it's Google or Facebook ads, and people are seeing it that are in states that are like far away or you're like running out of inventory, then it's kind of like wasted it, right? Um, unless it's more of an audience building strategy. But if people are seeing that, seeing the ad and they go on Amazon and that ship delivery time is like longer than the other states or other products, then you're like kind of, whether you're hurting your conversion rate or not, you're not efficient use of that ad spend. So knowing that is important, like do you target anywhere? Um, if you're trying to scale or if you want to be more careful with your budget, do you only go after certain regions? And then the part where you ship it in, this gets very interesting because this is where Amazon sellers then like started getting creative where like, all right, can I somehow control where I send inventory and more importantly, where Amazon redistributes inventory, right? Because depending on your like shipping, um, options and like fulfillment yeah. options or like where you're creating the shipping label like let's say you ship it to california that's their distribution center where then they send it out their warehouses uh, you know like 75 warehouses or like cover depending units but one thing we're seeing very interesting in that this is why this is um important and maybe um like even more important than, than i realized but i think each brand should know this that where is your inventory um Biased, meaning like where does Amazon like to redistribute your inventory? Mm -hmm. And I clearly this where some brands I'm like talking to the brand owner like about that they're seeing and their inventory be heavily on the West Coast. Like yes, their inventory isn't in, like all warehouses, but it's predominantly on the West Coast. For some brands, it's predominantly on the East Coast. So is because you sent it to California and Amazon didn't want to waste their own individual redistribution dollars of sending it to the other coast because Amazon knows there's other products that are similar. They'll just them hire the Amazon will make money. So they don't, they don't care like which brands get the money, but like you, you're on the you know, West coast dominant. So do you need to send more inventory or somehow something uh, creative about how can you, you know, send the initial inventory to different regions to increase that. And maybe Amazon like keeps it on. Uh, um, so I think those are like good questions to ask. We don't have full answers. Like some brands are getting like really creative doing like very interesting things, but I, like we need to start opening up these discussions to see like how that inventory is related to like rank of sales. That's so interesting. You know how Google works? If we have a physical location in Google Maps, right? We'll tell Google, okay, I have a physical location at this address. They will send you actual letter, snail mail with a code to prove that you can receive mail at that address. And then your website will rank very, or not very easy, but a lot easier in that geographical location because you actually have physical presence there. And we used to do that, you know, with you would buy an, or rent an address somewhere and get Google to, uh, to send you a letter and then they would redirect that letter to you. You get the code into it. And meanwhile, now I have offices all over the world, <laughs> all right, when ranking. And I'm guessing in that case, warehousing, would do the same thing because if you don't have any product in, in the state of, uh, let's say in California, if you don't have any products, more than likely you're not going to, or almost, I'm almost sure you're not going to be the number one search, right? Because Amazon right. cannot yeah. deliver and your Amazon product. And Amazon is probably going to like transfer inventory there anyway from the others because Amazon knows California is like 15% of sales for, for the average brand. So good, but probably not as much if it's really your was in like our inventory was in you know like virginia or like you know some other um common warehouses that are like on the east coast yeah you know most people that are not in the u.s as sellers 
or I mean, not most, but some that I know use the same trick that I use. And basically, we enter a postal code or an area code that 90210. Uh, it's very easy to memorize because of that TV show years ago. Yeah. And I guess that takes you to Beverly Hills. And every time I want to do a search for certain products, of course, that's the area code that I'm going to see. So if you are in Texas, you're not going to see the same thing as me. And that's so fascinating that, I mean, the sellers know what to expect. Basically, it looks like Amazon is what Google was uh, years ago. And everybody seems to be working in the same direction. And I'm guessing oh, yeah. Yeah. Walmart will be next. And everybody <laughs> wants to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I typically start uh, geeking out about this like with people that like know Google really well or have a lot of experience with Google. Because as I was like telling the story, how I started um, AMZ, I just kind of thinking about like website application. One of the, the things I noticed also is um, researching how Amazon has um, like the highest percentage of poaching Google employees compared to the other big companies like um, uh, like like Facebook or um, uh, like other like tech big companies that are also having Google employees. Amazon is one of the biggest. So, you know, is it like rebuilding the Google algorithm, but kind of in the Amazon format. So it, like, it made a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, just years ago, Google started hiring every scientist that NASA had. So <laughs> next next thing you know, I actually, well, this is super, super interesting. There was an interview that camera crews went over to Google and they were interviewing guys. And there was a NASA scientist sitting there at a normal, normal looking desk. And they interviewed him and said, so we actually... To be completely honest, we expected you to have a better office since you were a guy that you were a engineer at NASA. And his answer was, well, for me to get into NASA, there was 10 books that I had to, in college, that I had to study and know all those contents just to enter to NASA. He's like, five of the people that wrote those books were here. <laughs> so he was nobody, right? <laughs> and... Uh, and now Amazon is doing the same. They're getting those brains into their um, business, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Which also is consistent with how Amazon is like dominating all of these like different industries and other categories, whether like Amazon Music and like all of this and like, you know, all of this other stuff, they're like getting into it because there's some master plan in there of aggregating all of that, you know, whether it's, it's a, it's a good thing or a bad thing for like for private and, and all of that. But um but it required a lot of like very smart uh, engineers of making the algorithm work. And, and and now with Amazon sellers, it's kind of like things are changing every month really fast too, because now there's uh, like, uh, like kind of depending what you're hearing too, where a lot more sellers are like experimenting with EM, kind of like they're forced to write. It's kind of like let's adapt. And then what, if things are like stabilizing worldwide or not, or getting like worse, it's then like on the other side is that how uh, like our brands then going to make sure that that's a, important uh, diversification strategy where like they're always going to need to do it. Not just like this recovery. It's like, oh yeah, back to normal, back to FBA and back to Amazon only. Like, do you need to start diversifying with Facebook traffic? Do you need to make sure you also have an FBM option? And then thinking, where is that FBM location? Like, where is that 3PL or the warehouse? Because then how fast can you get the product? Um, is regional banking um, stronger for FBM or FBA? And how strong is that correlation between rank and sales? Depending if it's FBA, FBM, there's like all of these things that get really interesting that you have to start considering. So do you know yet if I have a FBM listing and of course I have 99,999 units available at my FBM, right? Uh, do you know if that does has any impact on uh, the well, geolocation? We know that the first part of what I was talking about where, uh, and this starts... I mean, related to other factors, you know, it's like, is someone searching from like mobile or desktop? I'm like, how many days delivery is it? So, so the first PM, uh, if you're, let's say it's a 3PL, they only have one warehouse. That's just their business, it's like a smaller 3PL company. And they're just in California. Well, just, and let's say you don't have FBA. So searching in New York, like why would Amazon rank you higher? It's not the FBA versus FBA up where like the FBA Amazon warehouse in California versus FBM warehouse in California. That's a whole different discussion. Like who does Amazon favor, but FBM that's like across the entire country. Um, this is where the other factors are more important now. Well, customers going to get the product in like two, three or four days. Uh, like 
sure, it's going to be quicker if it's like Amazon, but that delivery time, Amazon isn't going to rank you as high because there's some product that's a very uh, similar product with similar reviews, similar price or something is different, mm -hmm. but they have a warehouse in work that's FBM. So of course they're going to rank you higher. So, so it's easy to spot those patterns that distance becomes important or like if you're, or um, inventory, like you're out of stock, but not just totally out of stock in the US. Now that's actually misleading. Now you have to look at, are you out of stock at the individual warehouse level or are you like um, temporarily out of stock in a certain like city? So for, you know, uh, for a few hours for a day, you're actually ahead of them in rank because of more inventory while Amazon is transferring inventory to them from other locations or while they're shipping in more. So, um, so we know FBM like effects in that regard. But then in terms of like the software actually showing you metric, this is where like the software is still too new. Like we want to like release those metrics specifically showing you that for this keyword or this product, the volatility is higher for FBM, for example, or for these regions, volatility or like ranking impact is stronger. So make sure your FBM location for this keyword is in this region of the U.S. versus this region. So it's kind of like easy to come up with those metrics. We just need to just like keep building those features yeah. and like keep analyzing more data. Man, man, that, I mean, we could talk about this for forever. <laughs> yeah, this is so cool. Man, I, I think you're onto something. Your tools are completely different than anything else. And uh, I actually know, I know for a fact, there's a big competitor in the SaaS business, one of the biggest uh, SaaS companies uh, on earth. Uh, well, I don't know if there's any companies outside of earth, but um, they're getting into the Amazon space. And there are tools being built right now, and I know that because uh, I I go on conference calls with them to to help out with what sellers are looking for. But it, nobody that I know is building anything in 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 your space. So man, it's it's uh, it's incredible. So Zon Tracker and AMZ Jet, these are basically amzjet.com and zontracker.io. You have on AMZ Jet. Or sorry, on Zone Tracker, there's three plans, and one is audience track and then optimize. What are the differences? Yeah, um, so this is where, uh, so the main one is track, where like you're seeing just attribution, and yeah. the the highest plan is where optimization. And this is where like honestly, I see usually more advanced brands acting successful. That's where choosing like Amazon purchase as a pixel uh, as an optimization conversion event and really starting like higher budget for, for it to work effectively. Sometimes it works like if you're spending less than like $500 per day, but usually you see, uh, need to getting at a um, higher budget uh, for that one. Like actually I'm like restructuring the whole pricing plan because like the whole actually want to uh, like merge certain features between Zon Tracker and AMZ Jet because there's strong links in there. Even though one is a distribution tool, one is like geo rank, it's like insights. But next level of what I see some brands doing is that they take geo data, and this is a jet, uh, and then they see like, well, where do they run ads? So that's like attribution, or you need to know how to effectively run ads. And we already started building some features where like with a couple of clicks, you can like automatically create a bunch of like ads and um, like optimization tests. So the next level is to make sure that it automatically targets certain regions. And uh, again, that's like not that hard to do because we like, we have that data and like you can do that with the Facebook API. So it makes sense for the softwares to, uh, so, to be combined. So by the time someone like watches um, uh, the replay version of this, like maybe there's parts that merge or the plans are different. Um, but at the moment for AMZ, it's also um, the pricing is keyword based because for that, like it's actually quite expensive. I think it's one of the reasons why uh, we haven't done it because it's like we're just checking so many different region, regions as opposed to like here's one keyword rank. It's um, across many um, different areas. So for that, I uh, kind of have to pay based um, keyword volume that, that you want to be searching uh, to check the regional rank and other metrics. Got it. Got it. And then that combo is the one where you can get it all. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Zon Tracker combo is like just basically all of the um, Zon Tracker features and, and newer ones, like ones like we didn't even talk about where you can like integrate many chat into it. So um, whatever you're doing in many chat, that, that attribution will often have higher chance of success because you're providing uh, like any chat um, data back into the Facebook ad manager as well. Um, so that's, all for the Zon Tracker side, but that doesn't include like Geo Rank. Um, that's just a totally different website, different software. Sweet. All right, and then for those of you that are listening, I can see here I have Zon Tracker.io open in front of me. 
And I'm not affiliate, you know, you guys know I'm not affiliate to any of these tools. I'm just telling you that right now, ZT Combo is at 40% off. Yeah, is that correct? Yeah. It, well, it's like doing, just getting all of the features because because I realize the brands that are like doing like the maximum using features, the one success. I feel like playing around with one feature, then uh, it's a little bit hard, like you kind of play around and you're not committed enough to it. So I wanted to make it um, irresistible where you just like get all of the features so you, you have maximum benefit and then give it a try. And this could like get overwhelming because you have to test more, right? That's the common question I get with Facebook ads, but you just start testing more ads, uh, more variety, and then see the um, data come in to like make better decisions later with your ad. So basically, you got an account today. Uh, you put in your data, your information, and then it's going to connect you. It's going to ask you to connect to Facebook. Uh, is that it? Do you have any other connections that's going to require? Uh, so there's different, uh, the more, there's multiple integrations and the more integrations you make, the more um, like data you'll basically push through the system. So like pretty much all of them are options, but you connect the better. Um, like many chat, um, we have like a seller tools integration and there's like all, all, all of the different ones and we're kind of like building more. So the answer would be like the more you integrate, the more data we'll be able to push back into Facebook. Awesome. Yev, man, uh, besides zontracker.io, amzjet.com, where else do you want people to look you up? Facebook is definitely the best. Uh, maybe like LinkedIn, I'm not on there more uh, as much, but uh, just search for me on Facebook and then um, Facebook group too. Uh, there's zontracker is in the name. You should be able to find there. Um, Questions, see what other brands, Amazon sellers are doing over there. It's marketing for Amazon. Awesome. Yev, man. We're, we got to do this again. We got to stay in touch and uh, we'll do it when Zoom is performing a little better because uh, as you guys know, the entire world now is on Zoom and they just did an update. So every now and then there's a little uh, a little vibration on the quality, I suppose. But uh, all good. All good. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you here. It was my pleasure. I, I enjoyed that. Thanks. Thank you.